Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about how to diffuse angry conflict in your home. Let's listen in. Mark, today we're going to talk about those times in the home when things sort of get out of control. There's a, some angry conflict working. That's there. right. That's right. And it's called diffusing angry conflict. And I deal with a lot of angry kids. You know, kids in their own selfishness want things that they want. I mean, when you don't get what you want, you become angry. Well, when kids are doing something that's inappropriate, then parents become angry as well because they're not getting what they want, which is good behavior and good things. And so what I find is that when you diffuse this anger, that it is coming to a point where you can reason with your child, where you can move to understanding and hopefully bring them to a different point so that they're getting some of what they want or see the futility in their thinking, and then you're getting what you want as well. I deal with kids that have yelled and screamed and cussed and thrown things and punched holes in walls and done everything. I'm used to that. That that doesn't really bother me. It shows the intensity of what they want. Mm-hmm. But I but I tell you, there's some things I've learned through the years of dealing with kids in those situations that I think is helpful to parents to position themselves in such a way that they can diffuse this angry conflict. Mark, I don't know of anything much worse than when parents and teens are in a situation yeah. where there's angry yeah. words being said and things being thrown, and it gets, <laughs> gets pretty ugly, doesn't it? Yeah, there are, you know, but there are some ways to diffuse a lot of that. One of the ways that I have found out that that a child will diffuse a little bit is when they're accusatory of me that I'm doing something wrong or perhaps I'm not understanding or any of those things, I admit it to them. Hmm. I mean, there's times I just go, okay, you're right, I get it. I I didn't handle that well. I I blew it on 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 that. I I didn't listen well. I missed you on this. So I it didn't kind of takes the steam saying. out of their argument, doesn't well, it? Well, it does. But I, what I'm also doing is showing them that it's okay to back up. It's okay to say that you're wrong. So many times kids can't say they're wrong because parents never say they're wrong. If parents would say it more, kids would say it more. And so any way that I can identify with them and let them know that there's some validity to what they're feeling. You know, feelings are, I can't change somebody's feelings. If they're feeling mad and angry, then I have to look at that. It's going to stay that way. And all I can do is, is try to calm the situation somewhat to allow those feelings to, to move from a high boil to maybe a small simmer, and then just eventually let it cool out. It doesn't change overnight all at once. That uh, is what the Bible says in Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Okay, and I've done the military thing. I mean, I've done it where I've yelled and screamed. <laughs> you tried and, that, huh? Yeah, and I've tried to get on top of them, and you're not going to do this, and you're going to listen to me. As long and, as you're and, under my roof. That's right, and as long as I said it, and it's my way or the highway, all those things, the intensity of that, I realize, you know what? It doesn't work. These kids today, because we've created them to be relational kids, and we've all done that, they want a relationship, 
And when I move into that authoritarian role, I am missing them totally. Now, I would tell you, there are times that it gets loud to get the attention of a child. You've got to know what you're doing. But if you're angry, going after an angry child, that becomes pretty volatile. And I think all you're doing is throwing gasoline on a fire that's already raging out of control. Somebody has to be the adult in the conversation too, right? Is it mom and dad who always do the diffusing or (laughs) can the teen do the diffusing? You know, the teen can do the diffusing. I think there's time that kids say, can we just stop for a while? And, And mom and dad won't let it go. I mean, a kid will say, can we just stop and take a break? And, mm-hmm. and and that's their attempt to go, let's calm this down. I didn't want it to get like this. I didn't want it to ruin the relationship. I'm just really frustrated and mad, and I want something, and I'm not getting it. But then the teen begins to realize that. I think they want it to be calm as well. And so that's why I tell parents all the time, you know, a gentle answer does turn away wrath. So just be calm about it. Listen. Spend some time trying to get an idea of what they want. And 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 if you see anger, you know it's because somebody is not getting what they want. That's an emotional response to not getting what you want. So you see the anger. So the the first thing I say is determine where the anger is coming from. Get it at the root of it. That's right. What do you want? What are you not getting? How can I help you get that? But if it's something that they're never going to get from me, then I kind of have to back off a little bit. And maybe sometimes kids are just mad because they're mad that life isn't turning out the way they thought. I mean, kids get mad because they've been treated bad at school, because they've been abused, because somebody has said something to them. They've been hurt. They've been rejected. A friend has died. A a teacher rejected them or, or shamed them in front of everybody else. They don't fit in. They don't have the right clothes. They don't have the right attitude. They don't appear one way. They have too big of a nose or too skinny of legs like I do when I was called chicken legs and and eagle beak was my other name. I mean, kids get mad at stuff. And so when they come home, because it's a restful place and because it's a place I can let loose, sometimes that anger comes out. And if I squash it sometimes, then I am forcing my child to go display their anger somewhere else or to start doing things that will eliminate the thought about the anger. And I'm talking about just inappropriate behavior, Mm -hmm. either alcohol or drugs or something else. I go, it's okay to express it. Just don't be disrespectful in the process of it. I can help you. I can, I can, I'm I'm there. I understand. I get it. Now, if they start punching holes in the wall or anything, no, 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 we got to stop. We're not going to do that. No destructive behavior. That's right. Yeah, you can't hit anybody. You know, you can't punch anybody. You can't kick the dog. You can't do stuff like that. It's okay to be mad. But, I mean, it's almost if you give them permission and then it calms down because a child feels like they have to express themselves that way because they get so worked up on the inside. Isn't it also the case that this is the time when that relationship shows we have with our teen. If we have a good relationship, we can draw upon that Absolutely. to kind of diffuse the, the conflict, Absolutely. Right? You know, and, and I think that as adults, we ought to be the ones that show a child that you can be mad at me and I can still like you. But let me tell you something. Most of us aren't like that. No. The minute that we have conflict with somebody, we feel like the relationship's over. The minute that somebody doesn't agree with us, the relationship's over. The minute that we get in an argument, we don't talk anymore. And I go, that's not right. So how do you communicate that that's not the case? Well, I think you just let them know. I, I, it's okay for you to be mad at me. You're upset. I, I'm, I know that I haven't met all of what you desire in life, or I can't give you all those things. But let's talk about it. And if you've built that relationship, and if you have that time where you can sit down, that's where you've got 
not to sit down. And this is what I do when when I know that somebody is upset or I'm confronting them on something or, or they are a little bit explosive and angry and mad. You could just tell I position myself lower than them. I will sit on the floor if they're sitting on a sofa or a chair. What a great idea. I, I, will, I will get down lower than them to let them know I'm not going to force anything on you. And so most of the time, kids will go, well, Mark just sat down on the floor and started listening. It's hard to yell at somebody when they're... <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's positioning. And my intent is to go, hey, why don't you just sit down and let's talk here? I mean, it's bringing them to a point. It's almost a, 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 a verbal picture of saying, hey, you're up here. Now let's come down here. Never thought of that. And I go, come on, let's go this way. So you position yourself so that so that they know that they can come to you in those times and you can sit and talk. Now what I'm doing is conditioning a child to do that. The next time you're upset, the next time you're mad, let's go sit down mm-hmm. and just talk for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and you can call it, it, those were our floor talks. Those were <laughs> our in the whirlpool talks. Those were our talks that we had out back. You know, sometimes I'll take kids that are mad and upset and go, let's go get on a horse. Let's go do something. With boys, it's best to do something with them than to think they're going to sit down and sit across from you and, and share all their feelings. That's an interesting you know, point. Sure. Perhaps what you need to do is do something together. Go fishing. Go go out for a walk. Go out for a run and talk in the process of that. Is there a sense in which you help them express their anger appropriately? Yeah, there is. I think I, I, I tell them that it's okay to be mad. There's nothing wrong with being mad. It's when you start degrading other people or feel like they're responsible for those things. Yeah, I mean, Scripture says, be angry, but don't sin. It's okay to be mad. I think we ought to be mad at a lot of things that are happening in this world. Kids come home and get really upset. They need a place to express it. And so this is the key. The key is making sure I've established the relationship. Because usually I find this, when it gets to the point that it's spinning out of control, they're reverting to the anger and and the vocal display of that because they don't have a relationship where it can be handled calmly. I need to create that atmosphere. So if, if you've always yelled at your kid and and you guys have been going around at it constantly, you need to say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do it different so that your child knows of something different. Dads, you love your teens and you're doing everything to show them. But sometimes it still doesn't feel like enough. You're busy and short on time sacrificing a lot as it is, but you still feel like you run out of time for what really matters. A Devotional for Dads is the perfect book to help remind dads of life's biggest priorities and help them show their wives and kids how much they really matter. A Devotional for Dads is full of short, poignant, thought-provoking devotionals that give a biblical perspective of who a dad is supposed to be. It's more than just advice. It's a reminder of just how important Dad's role really is and how much he matters. Get your copy of A Devotional for Dads at ParentingTeenResources.org, either for yourself or as a gift for the dad in your life who loves and cherishes his kids. You know, I I think all of us, 
uh, usually have a difficulty when we move into adolescence after having a good run with our kids and they're doing really well, that we're immediately thrust into this. Now we're arguing and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think what happens is because we forget how to handle conflict and, and so it becomes somewhat explosive and anger gets displayed. You know, parents are always going, well, that was my first response. I'm going, you know what? Don't ever feel like your first response is the best response. Don't trust that, huh? Yeah, people say your first golf swing, they haven't seen me swing. I go, no, no, it's about the 10th one, then I'll finally loosen up and get it. It takes a while to get used to it. But know that conflict can be a healthy thing within your family. Conflict is a precursor to change. And so the conflict that happens when those two values or two thought patterns or two beliefs start to you know, kind of rub up against one another, it is your opportunity to help your child take what you have taught them and bring it to a good place and, and calm things down. And so the general answer, setting yourself in the right place and backing up a little bit is not a retreat. It is a way to keep your child engaged so you can continue to speak truth into their life. Backing up is actually moving toward your teen, isn't it? It really is. You know, there's a scripture that says this, James 1, 19 and 20 says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and here's a key, slow to become angry. It's almost like just stop. Don't have everything, um, all your notions kind of preconceived about how things are going to go. But it says this in verse 20, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. That says it all. It really does. And so, so anger can be a good thing within a family. Scripture says, be angry, but don't sin. And, and the way that I engage with my child during the difficult times will say more about my character and my intent to move toward them than how I react or respond to them in the good times. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.